0: Joshua 11, look with me, verse number 15. Joshua 11, verse number 15. As the Lord commanded Moses, His servant, so did Moses command Joshua. And so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. I'm interested in the last part of that and in four words. He left nothing undone. He left nothing undone. Now, Father, I pray over the next few minutes this morning, God, that You'd help us today. God, You know the need of this service. And God, I thank You, Lord, for Your sweet presence that we felt in it thus far. Thank You, Lord, for meeting with us thus far. God, thank You, Lord, for... The great singing, God, thank You, Lord, for the great presence of the Lord. God, I was sitting there thinking, uh, Father, as the girls were singing, that there's a lot of churches that, Lord, they never experience, Lord, that much of Your presence in them. Uh, Father, in years, and God, it's nothing uncommon around here, and we say thank You for it. God, may we never get used to it. May we never take Your glory for granted. Now, Lord, I pray that You had a blessing to the reading of Your Word this morning. I pray, God, that You'd help us and lead us and guide us, Father. Every thought, every word that would be said this morning... God, may it be directly ordered from the throne room. May we say nothing that you would not have us to say and only the words that you would bid us to say. God, save that sinner closest to hell. And God, that person that's backslidden, Lord, that was one time closer to you, I pray, oh God, that you'd bring them back close to you again today. God, will be careful to give you the praise, the glory, the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Get on a look into this verse today and break it down as we study it this morning. And really lift these four words out as a launching pad. He left nothing undone. Of course, it is Joshua that the Bible is talking about that he left nothing undone. Many people set no goals in their life nor have any priorities and that is the reason many people never accomplish anything much in their life. I don't mean that ugly, but uh, some people just never do much of nothing with their life, and um, uh, they just never go much of nowhere. They never do much of anything. They kindly bounce in and out of church, and they bounce in and out of jobs, and they just bounce around their whole life. Um, I guess it's kind of like Tigger on Winnie the Pooh. They just bounce around in everything that they do. But I thought about this this morning, if we're ever going to accomplish anything in our life, we're going to have to set some goals in our life. A lot of people, they may set goals, but they set the goals so low that they accomplish them very quickly and they never go further than that. I was at the dentist on Friday, and the lady that was cleaning my teeth works part-time, and it was the first time I'd ever saw her, and we began talking about different things. And um she was asking me about the church that I pastored, and um uh Myra, it was where Myra had worked before Myra went home to be with the Lord, and um she said, You're Miss Myra's pastor, and I said, Yes, I sure was. And we began to talk about that, and then we got to talking about different goals, and she said said, well, she said, I'm going back to school for my masters. And, um, she said, I just, I, I want to do something. And she said, I want to continue to learn. A lot of people, they never set any goals in their life. They're just satisfied where they're at. And, and, and I understand the Bible says being content with such things as we have. For he said that I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But, um, there is some times in our life where we should excel, especially in the things of God. Uh, and in our relationship with God. I read this this past week. A recent survey revealed uh, that the typical lifespan of a human is 70 years. Of those 70 years, the time of that person is spent in the following way. In those 70 years, they'll spend 23 years sleeping. Some of y'all, that's about 27 though. But for the average person, they'll spend 23 years sleeping. They'll spend 16 years working, uh, 8 years watching TV. What about that? Eight years watching TV. This one kindly found, uh, I found funny, they'll spend six of those 70 years eating. Some of y'all, it'll be more like eight, but six of those 70 years they'll spend eating. They'll spend six years traveling, uh, four and a half years in leisure things, four years uh, sick. They'll spend two years dressing. That was figured on the mail. The female is eight years dressing, I'm just picking, two years dressing, and five years in religious activities. In other words, here's the thing, uh, our life is moving along, and what we do with our life does really matter. What we I, I remember one said it this way, only one life will soon be passed. Now, all that's done for Christ is all that will last. Matter of fact, one of the, the sayings that's going on our new banners was by a missionary by the name of Jim Elliot. And here's what he said. He is no fool who gives away what he cannot keep to lose what or to keep what he cannot lose. You, you see, you say, What is I remember? I I I remember a lady one time wrote daddy a note that didn't have nothing. And she said, I've give everything away to have everything I've got. It makes sense. It's what we do with our life at the end of the road that's going to matter. It's what we're doing right now for Christ. Many people say they have this mentality that, you know, one day I'm going to get faithful to church. One day I'm going to sell out to serve God. One day I am really going to go serve God wholeheartedly. How do you know that you've got another day? How do you know that day will ever come when we come to this man by the name of Joshua we find that it was a man that did follow God and a man that left nothing undone in this verse of our text we see a man of priorities Joshua is preparing to take over the reins of leadership for the children of Israel thus we clearly see that he has not only concerned with what he did but he was also concerned concerned with what he didn't do. Not just what he did, but what he didn't do. I read this statement. We are faced to ask and answer this question in our hearts. What have we left undone in the service of Christ? What have we left undone? you thought about this? I wonder how many people walk by us, and I, I, I promise you, uh, I promise you I've spent more time on my knees after studying this message than I have a lot of messages that I've ever preached. But I wonder how many people walk by us this week that's headed to a place called hell that we could have simply handed them a gospel tract, but we did I wonder how many people that we brush shoulders with this week or we even talk to this week that we know they're not saved, we know they're not in church, but we never took the time to say, hey, will you come to church with me on Sunday? Uh, uh, Have you ever given this consideration? Uh, You're going to die one day, and where are you going to spend eternity at? You say, well, preacher, I may offend them. Can I say this to you? I'd rather offend them and their blood not be on my hands uh, than not offend them and their their blood be required at my hands. I had the judgment seat of God one day. Can I just say this? You are going to offend them. That's our generation. It's the generation of being offended. it Anyway, that's where we're at today. Joshua, the Bible says this about him. He left nothing undone. Nothing undone. Let me show you three things. Number one this morning, there was an order that was sent. There was an order that was sent. What did the Bible say? And the Lord commanded Moses, his servant. So did Moses command Joshua. There was an order that was sent. As we read the first part of verse number 15, we see that Joshua was on the receiving end of a direct order and a divine order that was sent to him from God. It was a. order. Order from the Lord. Hear me and hear me well. We all have a direct order from God today every amen, Every one of us, you must be born again. That is a direct order from God. There is no other way that you'll ever see heaven. There is no other way that you'll ever escape hell. There is no other way that you'll ever be saved unless you are born again, unless you have been to Calvary. There was a direct order that was sent now stay with me it was an order given from the word of God it was an order listen to what the Bible and the Lord commanded Moses it was an order given by the word of God Notice the verse tells us that the Lord commanded Moses the servant. Therefore, it was an order given uh, from the Word of God. To Joshua, there was no discussion. There was no debate. There was no doubt at this origin of the order. For he knew that it had come uh, uh, directly from God. When God gives an order, there is no time for discussion. We must simply obey it. Listen to this. It is amazing to me how many people today have a problem with direct orders from God. Amen. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, how many people today have a problem with direct orders from God? They have no problem following a format or discussing the business matters of the church. Yet, when they are presented with the truth, they simply buck up. That's right. Y'all might as well holler amen and we'll get through this message this morning. Right. <laughs> he left nothing undone how did Joshua go through his life leaving nothing undone because it was a direct order from the Lord it was an order from the word of God why do people buck up it's because they have never really seen that this is the word of God they are familiar with it but they are not focused on it they are accustomed to it yet they are not in agreement with it hear me and hear me well this is the words of a God today that I hold in my hand what he says is the final authority it is not up for debate today if God says you must be born again you must be born again if God tells me to tithe to my local church I tithe to my local church if God tells me not to forsake the assembling of myself together with the believers then you can bet I'm going to find my place In God's house, not because uh, someone else told me to do it, but because it was a direct commandment straight out of the Word of God. That's the problem today. People have a problem with the Word of God. They consider, amen, they consider it no more than a book. It's more than that. This is God's Word. It's God's Word. I just say it this way. I just say it this way. I'm just going to be as honest as I can be. I can tell what you think about the Bible by the way you handle it. People just take it, throw it on the the, the their vehicle, throw it in it and throw it here and throw it there, stack 72 books on top of it. Hear me and hear me well. This is not just a book. This is the precious Word of God. This is God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. We teach our children. You don't put nothing on top of the Bible. You don't, stat, you don't lay nothing on top of the Word of God. Matter of fact, some of the most heated arguments my wife and I ever had on the way to church is because she laid her Bible on top of my Bible and I moved mine on top of hers and she moved hers on top of mine and I set mine to the side. <laughs> Tell the truth and lie not. <laughs> Why? Because it's the Word of God. Let me tell you the reason that Joshua got to the end of his life, and the Bible records that Joshua left nothing undone, that Joshua done everything that God told him to do. It's because there was an order that was sent to him, and that order was directly from God Himself. There was an order. That was sent. G. Campbell Morgan said this of the Word of God. It is the best book in the best best place for the best purpose. That book will help you. There was an order that was sent. It was an order given from the Word of God. But watch this. And I really wanted to skip this, but you can. It's just part of it. It was an order granted by the man of God. It was an order granted by the man of God. As the Lord commanded Moses, watch this, his servant, watch this. So did who? Moses command Joshua. And so did Joshua. You know what Joshua done? Joshua done what Moses told him to do. Nowhere, nowhere do you find that Joshua questioned it? that Joshua bucked up on him right here, he's simply done it. He's simply done it. Why? Because Moses said to. Because... Let me give me about two swallows and we'll go back at it. Because Moses said to. Here's the picture. Here's the picture. Here's typology. I've never seen it this way until I read this passage of Scripture and got to study it, Brother Jonathan. God, the Lord, is God. Moses is the pastor. Joshua is the local church. And the reason that that local church right there, Joshua, left nothing undone, is because they done... He done, he obeyed, he listened to the man of God that God put in his life. Again, I normally don't walk down this road, but I'm going to be obedient to the Lord this morning. God put me here to pastor the church. And to lead the church. And to direct the church. Uh, there's a preacher called me Yesterday. Now, I'm not going to go into the depths of but he called me yesterday and he was talking to me. And, 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 um, uh, he's got a deacon or two that probably needs to get saved. And, 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 and they had bucked up and said, well, we're going to do this. And he looked back at him and said, no, you're not going to do anything because you have no authority. Because you have no authority. The only authority you have is the authority that the church gives you. He said, the authority I have comes from God. Amen. Don't you hear me? The reason Joshua left nothing undone is because he realized there was a direct order from the Word of God, and that direct order from the Word of God, God used the man of God to deliver that direct order. Joshua knew first of all that this Word come from God, However, he then realized that the Word also came through the man of God. He recognized and he realized that God had not only spoken, but God's man had spoken. And it was an order granted by the man of God. I say this to you in passing this morning. When God puts a message on the man of God's heart and he stands out and he thunders out the Word of God and you get mad at it and you get upset at it, it's not that you... You have a problem uh, with the man of God. It's that you have a problem with the Word of God. If it's coming from the Bible, you have no right to buck up. When you buck up on it, you buck up on God. When you buck up on me, uh, you buck up on God. When you go out and run your mouth about me, uh, you run your mouth about God Himself. He set the church up, and it's the pastor that runs the church. And God runs the church through the pastor. And the reason he left nothing undone was because he simply listened to the Word of God. How many times, how many times, brother Josh, would we be so much better off if we, and I'm including myself, would just listen to the Bible? If we would just listen to the Bible? If we would just listen to it, but brother Stan, we want we want we want to try to make it say something it don't, and we want to try Miss Christie to water. So I'm saying we want to try to water it down to a meaning that it's not really there. We want to try to make it compromise what it amen, what it really says, and what it really means. How did he leave? Hey, look, it's it's January whatever. It's the first Sunday of the year. Let me tell you how you're going to get to the end of this year and leave nothing undone. Number one, you're going to have to realize there was a direct order given from the Word of God. There's an order that has been given. There is an order that has been given. Number two, there was not only an order that was sent, but watch this. There was an obedience that was shown. There was an obedience That was shown. Listen to what the Bible said. And the Lord commanded Moses, his servant. So did Moses command Joshua. Watch it. And so did Joshua. You know what he done? He simply done it. He simply done it. He, amen. And so did Joshua. Not only do we see that there was an order that was sent, but there was an obedience that was shown. Watch this. He displayed diligence for this cause. He displayed diligence for this cause. What did the Bible say? And so did Joshua. There was no hesitation. There was no procrastination. Nor any contemplation by Joshua. He was ordered and he simply obeyed. He was ordered and he simply Oh, but let me tell you the reason that Joshua made it to the place of leadership that he made it to. Let me tell you the reason that Joshua is now the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Israel with three million members. Let me tell you the reason why. Here's the reason why. So did he. So did he. So when God says it, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Amen. So did he. I thought about this. Listen to this. There was a diligence that was displayed. Joshua could have asked Moses a million questions. But you know what he simply done? If I could say it, I'd say it like this. He looked at... Well, I'll use it as an illustration from a deacon's meeting. I'll say the words that one of the deacons said one night. We was in a deacon's meeting. There was some things brought up. And I said, here's what I think. Here's what the Lord's talking to me about. Here's what the Lord spoke to me about. Brother Robert Potts looked at me and here's exactly what he said. If that's what God told you to do, then we better do it. If you miss it, that's between you and God. If I don't listen to you, that's between me and God. If I would have run, and, and I don't think I did, but if I would have rammed the church in a ditch... Because of that decision and got our church in a mess, the deacons would have not been responsible for that. The deacons would have been responsible for listening to the preacher. God never, boy, I'm telling you, I might just bog in and preach to midnight. Then you'd be like Eudicus and fall out the window. Y'all know why it was called Eudicus, don't you? Because Judicus too, if you'd have fell out that window. God set the church up as the pastor. The pastor. He is to lead the flock, to be lordship, with the Lord being His Lord. The reason Joshua made it where Joshua made it, here's the reason why. Whenever Moses said, I need this, Joshua done it. When Moses said, Hey, hey, look, I, I I need I need the dirt got off the altar. He was off the altar. When Moses said, here's what I need. Uh, I, I, need sister, I need sister such and such grass her to be cut. You know what? Hey, Joshua's over there with his machete. He was cutting the grass. He didn't have a John Deere then, okay? He was there. He'd done it. And he done it with diligence. He was right there. You said, preacher, how can I get to the end of 2019 and leave nothing undone? done? Here's the way you can. Listen to the orders that's been given. Amen. Listen to the orders that's been given and obey with diligence. I read this. Richard Hardison in his book, The Rich Vari- Variety of People, gave a thorough description of various Christian people. Here's what he said. I like this. Some people are like a wheelbarrow. They don't work unless they're pushed. Some people are like trailers. They have to be pulled. Some are like canoes. They have to be paddled. Some people are like kites, always up in the air, and if you don't keep them on a string, then they'll fly away. Some people are like balloons, always puffed up, And you never know when there might just blow up. But some people are like a good old watch. Pure gold, open-faced, always on time, dependable, quietly busy, and full of good works. Let me tell you who that person was. That was Joshua. Why was Joshua that person? Because there was an order that was sent. And there was an obedience that was shown. It displayed... He displayed a diligence in the cause. But note this, He displayed dedication for the cause. He displayed dedication for the cause. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my lips and let them move at the impulse of Thy love. At the impulse of Thy love preacher, what are you saying? I'm simply saying this. When there was an order that was given to Joshua, he simply obeyed with diligence. He jumped on it. He took care of it. He displayed a dedication and a diligence. You ever met those people that'll start anything, but then two months later you're going, okay, we've spent thousands of dollars to help you, and where did you go? Where are you at? I mean, you can send out the silver alert, the amber alert, the blue alert, the purple alert, the yellow alert. You can find them everywhere, but at the house of God, doing what they said God told them to do. If God told them to do that, then honey, they're out of place where they're at. See, there was a direct order that was given by God. And then there was an obedience that was shown. he just simply done it. Watch this. I'm right now done. Here's really where I wanted to get to this morning. There was not only an order that was sent, an obedience that was shown, but watch this there was an opportunity that was seized. There was an opportunity that was seized. In other words, God spoke to Moses. Moses spoke to Joshua. When Moses spoke to Joshua, Joshua realized that he... You remember what John Dorsey said one time? He said, if you want to know what the voice of God sounds like, listen to your man of God when he's plugged in preaching, because that's probably what the voice of God sounds like. I don't know if any of y'all remember him saying that here preaching one time. I've never forgot that. I've never forgot that. Joshua hears Moses. Knows Moses has talked to God. I wonder sometimes if, if maybe Moses got Joshua and pulled him in the office. I don't know where Moses' office was, but pulled him in the office on the backside of the desert sat down with him and he said, now listen, if you'll listen to what I'm saying and if you'll do what I'm telling you to do, God will take you places and let you see things and do things that you never dreamed would happen. I wonder. I had an old preacher set me down one time and gave me that talk. He said, if you'll listen to me, He said this in all humiliation, but he said, here's what he said. He said, if you'll listen to me, I'll take you places you'd have never went. You know what he was saying? He was saying, as a man of God, God has given me some instructions to give you. And if you'll do what I'm telling you to do, you'll be able to do some things you never dreamed you'd be able to do. You'll do some things you never dreamed you'd be able to do, preachers. Hey, layman, you want to do some things you never dreamed you'd be able to do? You want to go some places you never dreamed you'd be able to go? You want to do some things for God you never dreamed that you would be able to do? There's an opportunity that lies at the door today, and it's up to you to seize that opportunity. Amen. Amen. I don't know about anybody else, but when it comes to the service of God, I get pretty excited. I get pretty excited. I, I was in a meeting this week uh, on on uh, Thursday, I think it was this week. I sat down in a meeting this week and, and 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 proposed some things and 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 the feedback was just phenomenal. And the feedback. And then I went back on Friday and showed some other things. And and uh, uh, hopefully within the next week, week and a half, I'm gonna have another meeting with some more people. And I'm telling you something. If this thing opens up, I'm gonna be sitting back going. Where and how in the world? Uh, here's the reason why. Because God said do something, uh, and I said okay, Lord, uh, and I obeyed that. And when we obey the voice of God, there is opportunities that opens up for us. If you just want to sit on a church pew the rest of your life, then that's up to you. If you just want to dilly dally around in the service of God uh, of the rest of your life, then that's up to you. Uh, but if you're interested in climbing mountains, uh, if you're interested in walking the land that's flowing with milk and honey, if you're interested in accomplishing something great for God, there is opportunities that lies in front of us. And it's just up to us to seize them. It's up to us to seize them. There was an opportunity that could be seized. Think about this. Think about this. Next year at this time, you could be at a level of serving God that you never dreamed you would be at. If you'd have told me, if you'd have told me when I was 16 years old and I got saved that I would be where I'm at today doing what I'm doing in the service of God today, I would have laughed in your face. But you let me to tell you the reason I am, and I say this in all humiliation, is because there was a preacher stood one day and rip my hide off as a young preacher. I told me and Adam was talking the other night. I picked on him. He come in this morning and made me look like a hippie. My hair so long, y'all about started calling me Matt Roll. But anyway, (laughs) I hope he's watching. I mean, I buy take a flat iron to the back of it this morning to get it laid down. But as we was talking the other night at the sleepover, and I was picking on him a little bit, and I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, my daddy, this is the truth. If the hair touched your ear, you see that? I'm glad he don't have internet. I've been wearing a hat when I go to his house. You would not get in his pulpit. I'm telling you, he it was blood on the wall, guts in the floor, hide on the wall. How was it he said? He said there'll be hide on the wall, Guts in the floor and blood in the cracks. That's what he said in the meetings. And that's the way it was. But I'm pastoring today and director of foothills. Alton Beal is the president of Ambassador Baptist Bible College today. Four or five more is on the mission field today. Pastor and churches that come. Why? Because there was a man of God and the power of God stood up and give a direct order from the word of God. And then there was some people that said, you know what? I think I'm going to obey what he says do. I think I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And we obeyed what he said. And then you know Brother Jonathan? There was this opportunity that opened up and we walked through the door and seized the opportunity. That's what God can do with us. There's an opportunity that was seized. Let me show you something right here. It was an opportunity that was reserved for him. Reserved for him. I don't have time to preach all this, but look at this. So did Moses command the Israelites? No. So did Moses command Joshua and Caleb? No. So did Moses command Aaron and Miriam and Caleb and Joshua. No. So did Moses command Joshua. So did Moses command... You say, preacher, what are you saying? It's an opportunity that is reserved for you. For you. I remember years ago. I'm trying to wind down, but I remember years ago. And, and matter of fact, Mac was with me on all the trips. Greg about died on one of them. And, and we finally got him back. But, I mean, he really thought he was going to die. Then they filled him full of pain medicine, and the ride back to Atlanta was very interesting. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you about it after service. Anyway, I was in Robbinsville, and we was bear hunting. And Jerry Williams said, hey, look. We're going to George Hog Hunt. He said, they can't, but so many go. He said, you want to go? And I said, yeah. I said, but I'd want to bring one of my buddies with me so he could travel with me and I wouldn't go to sleep driving and stuff. He said, okay. He said, you and your buddy has got a place reserved. Said, it's yours. Opening week when we go down there, y'all got a bed, y'all got a place to stay, it's yours. Now that opportunity was there. See, you know what me and old Mac done that Sunday night when it we was supposed to leave to go down there? We did not sit around twill of our thumbs and go, should we go down there and wild hog hunt for a week? No, honey, we had the truck loaded up. I preached like three minutes that night, changed clothes, and we was gone, friend. Why? Because there was an opportunity that was there. Of something that I really wanted to do. And you know what happened? I seized that opportunity. Come here a minute. You have an opportunity to do something for the King of Kings. That's right. For the Creator. If one person will just hear what I'm preaching this morning and apply For the Creator of all the world. Not for me. For him. It is a personal opportunity. It's it's God, hear me right here. God has something for you that he don't have for everybody else. Think about that. Think about that. He has something for you that he don't have for no one else. It was an opportunity that was reserved for him. Come start playing but it was an opportunity that was respected by Him. You said, Preacher, how do you know it was respected by Him? Because He left nothing undone. He left nothing undone. Hear me right here. If you're going to sing in the choir, sing with all of your might. If you're going to teach a Sunday school class, Teach a Sunday school class with all of your might. I mean, don't go in there and say, well, we're going to learn about Zacchaeus being a little bit boy climbing up in a big old tree and Jesus walking by and saying, come down, I'm going home with you. I wouldn't want to come to your class either. I don't mean that ugly. I'm just being real. Do it with all of your might. Leave nothing undone. Hey, when you sing that special song, I've talked to my girls and talked to my girls and talked to my girls. I've told Olivia, I don't know how many times, when you sing I've been to Calvary, and you come in on the chorus, but I've been to Calvary, I said take them to Calvary. But I've been to Calvary. I said, "Don't." Uh, but I've been to Calvary. Who's going to want to go to Calvary? Oh, but when she opened her mouth a while ago, <laughs> said, but I've been to Calvary. There was something inside of you said, man, I want to go to leaving nothing undone. I told Madeline, I said, when you sing out about not tasting champagne, I said, let it be from your heart. That you've never walked down that road. He left nothing undone. I read this. The title of it is an unfinished task. For you have fought a good fight and run the race. You have kept the faith. These long, these words, I long to hear my Savior say. So when my life on earth is past, there's just one thing, dear Lord, I ask. Don't let me leave behind an unfinished task. When it comes to the crossing, I'll be leaving behind all my earthly possessions, the things I don't mind. It will make my heart glad just to leave all I had. But, dear Lord, don't let me leave behind. An unfinished task. I thought about this. I thought about this and we're going home. So many times we talk about what we have done. But you never hear nobody talking about what they haven't done. Oh, I preached... I preached 27 meetings last year. I preached one meeting. I had 13 saved in it. Went two weeks. Completely unannounced. I went and preached one night and it broke out. Had revival. I preached more last year than I've ever preached in my whole life. Had more people saved. Meetings than I preached last year, than any year I've ever had. That's what we say. But can I just back up a minute? Boy, I sure didn't read my Bible like I should have read my Bible last year. I sure didn't knock on doors the way I should have knocked on doors last year. I sure didn't pray for the church the way I should have prayed for the church last year. As we go into this new year, With everything in us, let's don't look at what we have done. Let's look at what we've left undone. And as we go into this new year, may we put every inch of our being in the service of God. Everything within us. I mean, when we walk down the hall at the school, may we pray, God, let me shine brighter than I've ever shone. When that person begins to open that mouth, may we pray, God, give us the boldness to say, I'm not interested in listening to that. Let's not focus on what we have done. Let's focus on an unfinished task and realize the opportunities there. All we got to do is walk through the door and seize that opportunity. He left nothing undone. Father, as we stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.